thank God it was recording. Oh, if we got to the end of that and we hadn't been. Oh, there would be no podcast this week. We would just have to walk down to the ocean and just stare at the waves. <laughs> Welcome to the Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. This podcast is presented by the Swampscott Public Library. Welcome back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. We are coming to you from a (laughs) blanket tent. Coming to you live from the side of Fort. (laughs) So uh, I brought some blankets from home, so hopefully we won't sound like we're in an endless tunnel. Yeah, a little bit of improvement and extra fun vibes for the summer. (laughs) It's just mildly toasty in here. It's a little bit warm, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So how's your summer going? Not bad. Nice, nice. Loving the moderately warm weather. <laughs> it's only a little bit humid. Just a little bit. I'm counting down to fall, but I do that every year. So same, same, same. Yeah. How's your summer going? You know, it's hot. Yes, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> so perfect time to do indoor things. Speaking of which, what are you reading? I am currently reading Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. I'm listening to the audiobook of it. Shocking. And, <laughs> and it's okay. It's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It is enemies to lovers forced to work together. Okay. But I don't know. Something about it isn't, it's fun at times, but something about it isn't really quite hitting right. And I think, uh, And it's dual perspective too, which normally I love. Like this book has everything that I look for if I'm looking for that like romance read. Like, but it's just, I think the issue is, is that I don't like the male reader, the guy. It's his name is Wayne Mitchell. Hmm. And something about his voice is just grating. (laughs) Something about the way he does the like his vo- like the main character's voice when he's reading is like grating and then it's especially grating when he does everybody else's voices like i don't know it's just, just the way he does like the women's voices it's just obnoxious oh that's too bad yeah but i mean i was really excited for this this has been on my like to read shelf for a while i think it would hit better if i was just like reading the book and not listening to it. I think if I was doing that, it would actually be perfect. But just whenever he does a chapter, I'm like, that's four, (laughs) double the speed. (laughs) Like, do I need this? Is this contributing to the plot? I guess so. I guess I have to listen. So I'm guessing by the title that it's a wedding based plot. Yeah. So basically um, uh, this woman, Lena is getting married to a guy named Andrew and the day of the wedding comes around and Andrew is nowhere to be found. And it turns out his brother, he and his brother went out the night before and got really drunk. And his brother convinced him not to marry her. Um, But he doesn't remember because he got so drunk apparently that he can't recall the conversation that they had. So, (laughs) and it's fast forwards, like, I guess a year or two, maybe more. And, um, (laughs) and she gets like, she's a wedding planner and she gets a, gets an interview for a job at like a hotel, like a fancy hotel to be the wedding planner at the hotel. But um, the, he's like the marketing 
person. So they have to like work together to pitch like a wedding stuff for her to get the job. That actually does sound like a fun fun plot. Yeah. It's like really fun. And they, and so they like just get into all these hijinks together and, you know, it's a lot of, I think if I were straight up reading it, it would be different. It would hit different, but listening to, and I'm sure he's a perfectly lovely person who has other good audiobooks that he's done, but just something about the way he does these voices. Like it's hard, especially I think when it's like a white guy trying to do accents. Oh, it's hard. I, I understand the plight of the narrators. It's like, it's part of the book. What do you want me to do? I was hired to do the book, but also it's like, Oh, like this is a little cringe. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with the book. So that's really, I also got the Spanish love deception, um, which I haven't, I've only read a couple of pages, but that character's name is also Lena. How serendipitous. (laughs) But like in, in the worst best man, her name is Carolina. And then in, um, in the Spanish love deception, her name is Catalina, but they're both Lena's. It's very similar too. It's like, I feel like that's the new name. Like, I feel like for a while, everybody, every character's name was Nora. Yeah. And now it's like Alina short for something. Isn't the character in the Sarah J. Moss books, Lena too? Alina? No, oh. I'm thinking of Vampire Diaries, I think. <laughs> you are thinking of Vampire Diaries. All right, but, like, but uh, I think actually in The Throne of Glass, her name is Aelin, which okay. is kind of similar. Close and then I think she also has another name at some point when uh, she gets reincarnated. And I don't know. Sure. I think I read the first two books of that series and I like them, but I never finished them. But now that I read all of Court of Thorns and Roses, I think I have to because I think they all belong in the same universe. Spoilers. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, nothing too exciting going on in my reading journey this week. Not Some reading. light stuff for summer. Yeah. Very cool. I don't normally read two of the same genre because I feel like I, I do tend to read books at the same time, but, or like just really back to back. I try not to do two of the same genre at the same time, but that's currently what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I try to avoid that too. Cause well, I get the wires crossed sometimes while reading, mm-hmm. but also I'll start comparing the two. Like yeah. I read the something about the, the Six of Crows along when I was reading Amberlo and they're both like heist spy stuff. Oh yeah. And then that kind of ruined Six of Crows for me because I kept <gasps> being like, I know, I know. It's a controversial <laughs> opinion. I thought it was good, but it's just kind of, also, eh, it was fine. Get out. I Get know. out of this blanket fort. <laughs> and that was the last you heard of Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was reading Amberlo, which was an adult, so it's not really fair to compare, I guess, but it's because it's an adult spy novel. I was like, this is just so well done. <laughs> And so complex and layered and six of crows could be better. It's a long set. Get out. <laughs> You're banned from my pillow fort. <laughs> okay. So what are you reading right now? So I'm reading with your bad opinion. With my horrible. See, now you can't trust anything I say. <laughs> Double-edged sword. Um, I highly recommend the manga series Our Wonderful Days, which I just finished the last one the other day, which is a very nice uh slice of life summary, cute read for July. Where it's childhood friends, now apologize because I'm going to probably butcher these names, but childhood friends, Mafuyu, Koharu, um, and childhood friends, Nanaya and Minori, all kind of, uh, you know, meet up at their beginning of high school and join a friend group together and just go out and do fun things. It's very quick. Like I said, it's only three volumes. There's some romance. There's some friendship stuff. There's 
fun little adventures. It's just really sweet. Highly recommend. It's an easy read. And I have finished reading, listening to, and watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. And I have a contra- mm-hmm. another controversial opinion. Okay. I think the movie was better. Wow. I know. I don't usually say that. Uh, just a recap, if you didn't listen to the last episode. It's about a young woman who is unnamed, as it turns out, for a reason. I won't say why, because that spoils it. Who goes to visit her boyfriend Jake's parents on a farm. And then things get weird because it's a psychological thriller and it kind of starts to unravel a bit. But there are parts of the book that were unnerving, but ultimately it tries, I think it tries too hard to do with a twist ending. Mm-hmm. This is light spoilers, I suppose. Um, it just, it pretends to be a normal book for too long, basically right mm-hmm. up to the very end. So that ending comes out of nowhere and it feels kind of disjointed. And then people are confused about what is happening. And I also thought it tried a little bit too hard to be like deep and philosophical because they would have these conversa- conversations, which are clearly supposed to be because like the first third of the book is just them driving to the farm <laughs> and having conversations in the car, which I understand the conversations. They're definitely very accurate about those like long trip conversations you have with people, but it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I found it boring, um, but even worse, they don't add anything to the plot really and they don't really develop the characters necessarily they're just isn't it funny how people are I'm like I guess what does this have to do with anything so I don't know there was some really good stuff about the characters in it and like I said the unnerving stuff was pretty unnerving although I do think some of it was creepy just for creepy's sake mm-hmm. really the whole thing could have been developed more is my problem like the bones of an idea were there it just wasn't, he didn't commit. He had to commit to the weirdness of it. Yeah. And the movie fully commits. It doesn't pretend to be a normal movie at all. It's like right from the get-go, you're like, this is going to be a ride, strap in. Um, every conversation is important. The film is so creative. Like the camera work is so creative. And I just think the story is better suited for a visual medium. Yeah. Because like, have you noticed in books, you can't really describe things without calling attention to it. Whereas in movies, you can have stuff happening in the background mm-hmm. where you might subconsciously notice it, but you're not processing it in the same way. Yeah. So it works to like have little clues about what's happening without specifically calling attention to it. So the movie just like it artfully builds these little hints in until you get to the ending, which feels like it fits in completely. It was a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. It's very creative. I highly recommend it. Because it definitely is unexpected, but it wasn't like really trying to hit you with a twist ending. Okay. Where, where can people watch it? It was streaming on Netflix. You can watch it there if you have a Netflix subscription. Um, and we have the book if you want to read it. If you do want to read the book, which I, I don't not recommend the book, I would recommend the audiobook more though, because there's some stuff, there's some audio stuff that they do that helps explain the plot more. Okay. It makes it more clear. Do they do like special sounds or like? Kind of, yes. Okay. I can't give away too much without just clearly telling you what happens at the end. Just know that when I listened to it, I knew it would happen at the end. But then when I read comments on Goodreads from people who read the book, they're like, I don't know what just happened. This is uh, confusing. Yeah. So it's a beautiful story. It's that like regret and time and loneliness. So I oh. do recommend interacting with it in some way. Awesome. Yeah. 
I'm glad that I know the conclusions <laughs> of, of your feelings, of not rants. of the book. I don't yes. know what happened to it, but I was very intrigued last week. Yeah. I left you on a cliffhanger and I gave you the conclusion you were looking for. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a lot, especially kind of recently, especially like with like more attention-y and sci-fi books, mm-hmm. like they just become better suited, even though they leave stuff out, they are just better suited sometimes as visual media. Yeah. As it turns out, some things are just better suited for one thing or the other. Yeah. It doesn't have to be better or worse. It's just some stories can't be told. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some movies that would have been better suited as books. So, yeah, you know. Like hot takes since we've already since we've already started discussing Six Crows. Mm-hmm. I think Ben Barnes's Darkling and the way he portrays them is better than the book Darkling. Okay. Yeah. And they also, I feel like, especially once a book comes out and it gets the criticism and then it becomes a movie or a show, the showrunners can be like, well, let's just fix that then. Yeah. Like they fixed, like, staying, staying in Lee Bardugo series, like, they fixed Mal Oretsev in in Shadow and Bone. They, like, took a character who was bland and boring and literally everybody hated mm-hmm. and made him one of the best characters in, this, in the show. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I would say absolutely, if you have the chance when you're doing an adaptation, fix it. Fix things that people didn't like. Don't mm-hmm. worry about being faithful to the source material. Mm-hmm. That might also be controversial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, there's, think there's, like, it just becomes a different media. Yeah. Like, and it just becomes, in my mind, it becomes a different universe from the book universe. Yes. Like, a lot of people mix the Harry Potter universes. <laughs> Like one is like the movies, which mm-hmm. are in their own timeline, doing their own thing. And then there's like the books, which follow their own time, like a different timeline and doing their own thing. And I don't think the two should mix. Yeah. Like whenever I go to Harry Potter trivia, like I, it drives me nuts when they ask me, when they ask movie questions. Like if you're going to trivia night, it better be book trivia. <laughs> and nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> Only trivia that should be allowed. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Also, also, fun fact, whenever you go to a Harry Potter trivia, you should also donate to some sort of trans thing. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of movies versus books, we're going into our next segment, which is brand new. It is This or That. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And what we're going to do is that we are going to mention, compare two things about literature, and we're going to say if we like one end or the other better. Yeah. And for our first one, this is a physical attribute. Uh, Do you like books with a flat edge along like the pages or do you like the the irregular edging? I definitely like the flat edge more, but the deckled edge does not bother me as much as it bothers some people. Oh, it drives me absolutely crazy. (laughs) I remember the first time I ever saw it and I was mad. Like I thought I got like a, like a, Dunn's copy of something (laughs) and it was I remember it was one of the series of unfortunate events books and I was like what is this why did I get like a crappy copy of something (laughs) but it's like I just can't like flip a page that's the complaint I hear the most you can't flip the pages you have to like do it with the other hand you gotta do the little pinch thing like I just want to be able to like rip the book use my thumb have the page flip over on its own. Why do I have to do extra work to turn the page? For the aesthetic. Get out. The aesthetic of apparently handmade books that everyone was 
craving? Why did this end up being a thing? Like, I mean, if you want to do a handmade book, make a handmade book. It looks better when it's actually handmade. The, it does. The artificial irregular, it just doesn't, I never thought it looked okay, but it doesn't drive me crazy. I know. I literally hate it. I, I sometimes will not read a book specifically because it has that. Oh, that's a note for publishers out there. Have two versions. <laughs> anyway, those are some strong opinions. Those are some strong opinions, but they're all warranted. <laughs> um, another physical question. Do you like abstract covers or detailed covers? I would say it depends. Yeah. I mean, it's a cop out, but yes. <laughs> well, I don't like, I hate if, if something is made into a movie or a show, I hate when they replace the cover. Hard to agree. Yes. Like those Bridgerton ones, like, no, thank you. Like I'm like that actress who plays Daphne. She's beautiful. Good for her. Glad she has a job, but I don't need her on my Bridgerton covers. No, I hate the movie covers. Awful. Yeah. I won't buy them. <laughs> And like, it's just lazy. Yeah. Like hire an artist or like, I don't know, stop. Just stop. I know it's marketing. I know it's marketing. It's like, oh, once you finish the book, go go watch the series or the show. But no, no, thank you. Mm -mm. Yeah, I would say, God, it also, yeah, it depends. I mean, I think if you're going to have like a person on the cover, a drawing of a person, sometimes the more detailed to me, the worse it is, like the more they try to make it look like a real person, mm. unless they're really talented artists, because sometimes it just looks off. Um, but I like the like more minimalistic covers sometimes. Yeah. And you know what I like about like the minimalistic, like, especially like almost like a cartoon covers is that like in romance books specifically, it used to be like early men uh-huh. and like the damsel, like it in used to be gown. very like. And even like in just like modern day stuff, it was like very like in your face that this is like a cheesy romance, sexy read. But now it's like a cute little cartoon. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It could be anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this ties into one of our other questions. I think we should just talk about it now. Covers with real people or illustrations. I mean, I'm illustrations all the way. Oh, was that not the illustration question? We're doing abstract and detail, but they tie in. They do tie in. So we're going to do them both at once. Two for one. (laughs) Because yes, it, there was also the YA trend that I hated. I'm so glad we're past it of the like early 2000s where it was a picture of like, I don't know, a foot <laughs> or what? A, yeah, they would do like body, like real people or like the close up of a girl's face or like hands or just. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I know what you're talking about. Or full people, the full, but it's like, um, you know, a picture and not a drawing. So I'm thinking of the original shatter me i think was the first one series mm. oh with like the eye and stuff i like the eye the, okay the original cover was just a girl in a white dress against like a silver background and i'm like this sucks <laughs> no offense to the people who designed it i mean i guess a lot of offense i just cannot <laughs> no offense but it was the worst thing i had ever seen in my life but it was awful i hated those covers i'm so glad or like the real people in like ball gowns or something I know people like the selection covers because it's pretty people in ball gowns. Cannot stand it. Hate it. Yeah. I like illustrations. I'm glad we're in that trend now. I do too. Although I was talking to one of our other librarians here and like, I guess going back to like the abstract versus detailed. And she was telling me how it drives her crazy that every single book is like abstract colors, like almost like a watercolor situation going on. Yeah. She's like, I just miss the way books used to look. I think the happy medium is 
Well, first of all, it has something unique that actually pertains to what the book is about. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just follow trends to like trick people into reading it. But I like stuff that's illustrations and drawings. It doesn't have to be like hyper detailed, but as long as it's not real people. Mm-hmm. But I just create something creative, I would say. I agree. And actually, it made me think of like music right now. Mm. So sometimes I watch Todd in the Shadows, who does like detailed analysis of like music, like pop music going on. Yes. And he was discussing the difference right that's going on right now between like, <laughs> he describes them as bops versus vibes. Uh-huh. And like a bop is like, like a song that's like, I guess has like a little bit more of like a beat and like, like that traditional beat chorus party party song. But like the vibe ones are like more like a feeling. I guess it's like old Taylor versus new Taylor, essentially. Basically. Like, I think that's the best way to describe it. Like Taylor pre folklore versus Taylor post folklore. Yeah, we would have, we have, like, I would describe like driver's license as a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got, there's a feeling to it. It's not a, I mean, you know. Yeah. Versus good for you. Yeah. I literally love that song so much. I love both of them. <laughs> Great. Driver's license, I feel like, I don't know. It's too whiny. For me. But then, of course, you get Gadgets. good for you. It's just like <laughs> all, arguably more whiny, but at least it's angry. So you prefer anger. <laughs> I guess I do. I also like loved Paramore. And um, when I listened to that song, I was like, this is misery business which apparently everyone else did because Haley Williams now has a writing credit on that song. <laughs> I guess there are some similarities. It's just mildly similar to okay. the point that the first time I heard it, I was like, wait, this isn't misery business. So what they really should do is combine the two and just make one powerful song. Oh my God. I would literally, I bet somebody's done that. Now I have to go um, find it. I mean, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta listen to, cause I was like, I was in a mood this morning. I was blasting, um, <laughs> To the point that, like, I think people could hear me outside my car. I was, like, turning up the Black Parade album from My Chemical Romance. Which is, I have not listened to that album in a couple of years. And I was like, you know what? I need to listen to it today. It was that kind of day. I need to psych myself up for work. (laughs) Great choice. Anyway, vibes versus bops. Another question for the ages. All right. And I guess we'll move on to our next one is... uh, for, for our actual segment, talking about literature, <laughs> um, with this or that, uh, an ending that you 100% guessed from the start or an ending that comes out of nowhere with no setup. I, so both bad, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. But if I had to choose one, guess from the start. I think I would do that one, too. Yeah. There's nothing like at least like if I guessed it from the start, I feel smart. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, look at me and my clever little self, <laughs> little detective. <laughs> yeah, the endings that come out of nowhere just make me think of the worst Shyamalan movies. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> or it's like, I'm not going to do anything to build this into the narrative. I'm going to make one half of a movie, and then the last ten minutes, it's going to be a completely different thing. Okay. <laughs> It's like Avatar, the last airbender, the series versus the the movie. What you expect, what shows up when you order it. (laughs) I just, I do think after, I don't know if there's a connection to Shyamalan in the books, but there was a trend for a while there where we would have movies and books that just wanted a twist that came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and just was never well done. At least if you guessed from the start. Yeah, you can, like, it's expected and you're, but, you know, sometimes people prefer an easy read where it's just, like, no yeah. surprises, beginning, middle, end, I know what's happening, I know what's coming. Yeah. 
And I mean, optimally, a twist that makes so much sense, like is shocking, but then you think about it again and it makes a lot of sense. That's the best of both worlds. But that wasn't here. No. <laughs> that wasn't the, it was two bad endings. He made me between two horrible things. <laughs> All right. Hot take for uh, an ending that comes out of nowhere with no setup. I actually wanted that for Game of Thrones. Oh. Okay. So for the series uh, or for like the television series. So like there's a, there's a story telling set, like a storytelling thing that's called a shaggy dog story. Mm-hmm. It's basically a long winding story with no punchline. Oh, okay. Like there's no, they're like, it's like basically someone telling you a long bad joke. And then the joke is at the end that there's no joke. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. So what, and the reason why I thought that that was happening is because you got some OP people like the white walkers, you've got like all these kingdoms like coming together and like fighting each other. The stakes are so high and the characters are like so driven and everybody loves it. And I'm thinking to myself while I'm like watching this, I'm like, how are they going to do this? Like, how are they going to like set up the series so that it's like the ending is good, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which just makes me sad now. (laughs) As it turns out, they weren't considering that. No, absolutely not. They need to go make their star Wars series that they immediately got fired from doing Mm -hmm. unconfirmed. They had their Netflix series. And for, I know this is audio, but I am doing big old air quotes, (laughs) but all right. So setting up to the shaggy dog stories, the youngest Stark child, uh, Rick recon Rickon. I don't know. Anyway, the youngest Stark child, his dog's name was Shaggy Dog. Was it really? Yeah, it was. His dog's name was Shaggy Dog. And when at some point I was like, what if they don't? What if like the whole lesson in like Game of Thrones is that nothing matters? And like, let's say like the White Walkers are coming and Cersei and Daenerys are battling out and the North is holding its own. And then like a meteor strikes, kills them all immediately. That would have been great, actually. That's kind of what I wanted. No joke. I mean, I haven't seen the series, but I've heard enough. And then life has to start over. Yeah. What if it was like, I don't know, a plague or something, something that maybe not that, but yeah, (laughs) no more plagues, (laughs) no more plagues, but yeah, something like wipes them out. It's like your little petty human problems were nothing compared to nature. Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That, that would have been perfect. Chef's kiss. Loved it. I told that to my husband once and he's like, if that happens, I'm raging. (laughs) And I mean, we all wound up raging anyway. Yeah. It was so bad. We might as well have something that has some harsh truths in it. Exactly. George R. R. Martin's listening to this and furiously stripping this down because <laughs> he hasn't finished the book series yet, no right? i think he's got two more to go but i think they're coming out like okay. within six months he's basically going to finish both and then put one out sit on the other well hopefully he goes with your idea <laughs> i kind of have to go back i got to storm of swords and then i got just got real tired yeah there's like there's definitely more details in the books i mean obviously they're like a million pages long each and like there's more characters more stuff going on i think especially the first couple of seasons i think i like the books more mm-hmm. just because like they really just boil it down to like the essential storylines that you need like i liked movie like i love peter dinklage he nailed a better version of tyrion than what was in the books because I don't know it was just it just it wasn't my vibe with the vibes <laughs> with the vibe not a bop <laughs> it wasn't a bop it was a bop <laughs> but like I don't know going back to going back to books versus movies right what an awesome segment I just had 
This has been Game of Thrones hour. All right. Anyway, going on to our next segment after going off the rails a little bit. That's what every question is going off the rails. Uh, Next, fiction or nonfiction? I like, I'm even the one who wrote this question and it's really obnoxious that I did because my answer (laughs) is both. Ah, another one. But like, I guess it just depends. Like if I'm reading fiction, I'm reading, I'm probably going to read some like romance or some fantasy like, I'm not, like, real into the thrillers. Mm. If I want a yeah. thriller, I'm probably going to read a nonfiction book. Like, true crime? Yeah. The Devil in the White City. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Okay, fun fact. So, The Devil in the White City is basically nonfiction of, like, the guy who is, like, running, like, the World Fair versus, like, um, the serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. But the all the World Fair stuff was literally so boring no. to read. So I would just skip it to the H.H. Holmes chapters. Yeah, I know your audience, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess like, I like, I do like fiction. I like, or I do like fiction. I mean, and I guess I don't always read like <laughs> romance and fantasy. Do you like realistic fiction? Sometimes. Mm. If it's not boring. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Let me go back and look. I like, yeah, I mean, it's real. Like I say, I like more, I try and say I like more than romance and fantasy, but the evidence is, it <laughs> to the contrary. It is, it's not, it's not showing up. <laughs> I think I tend to read more realistic fiction than any other genre, but I do like every genre. Yeah, I'm looking through all of my, oh, you know what? I did read a mystery recently. I read All Her Little Secrets with Wanda by Wanda M. Morris. And okay. that wasn't romance. It was, it was thriller. I would say thriller mystery ish. Branching out. And that was actually a really good book. Um, yeah, no, no, it's all, it's all <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy all the way down. It's all fantasy with some sci-fi mixed in. <laughs> and by sci-fi, I mean a star Wars book, <laughs> which some people call fantasy to be controversial again. <gasps> I don't believe that. Wow. But some people do. Get out of my, (laughs) get out of my fort, get out of my blanket fort. Yeah, no. But then I guess for my nonfiction, like I try and learn stuff. It's basically just to like broaden my mind and like understand stuff. I read a lot of like environmental nonfiction Mm -hmm. and like learning how to deal with that. That gives me a lot of dread though. (laughs) I don't have a lot. I try really hard, but I don't have a lot of hope. Just a lot of bit, a little bit of anxiety on the weekend. And you know what I love in I love in nonfiction. I love reading celebrities books. Oh yeah. And like, I feel like I've talked about this before, but like the Mel Brooks all about me. I loved that book. That book was so funny. I read the Stanley Tucci book. Um, and like, oh, and then this wasn't funny, but I read crying in H Mart mm-hmm. by Michelle Zahner, which um, I recommend to everybody. Like, especially if, like, you're close with your mom. I mean, prepare to cry in public. But God, there was, like, good. sometimes I was, like, sitting doing some work and, like, I had my headphones in and I'm listening to it. And I had to turn it off because <laughs> I'm, like, I can't cry at work. Oh, God. Yeah. It's on my list, but I've been putting it off for that reason. Like, am I ready to be emotionally devastated? Not today. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Oh, you know what's another? <laughs> another nonfiction that I really like are, like, self-help books. Oh, okay. Like. Not like, not like culty ones, but like organizational ones, oh. like and habit forming ones. Cause I like to think I can do those. Things. It's good to have aspirations. Yeah. And, oh, and I love who books too. What books? <laughs> Say that again. 
Who gay? What is this? So I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but no way. I used to call it Hygi, but that's not apparently how it's pronounced. Oh. It's a closer Hugay is more closely how it should be pronounced. It's, um, it's like Scandinavian coziness. Oh, I do know you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and basically what it is, is just like making yourself like comfy and like hibernating for the winter sort of feeling. And I literally love that stuff. I just want to live in that concept. I just want to like pull out my weighted blanket, light a candle and eat some soup. That's yeah. my vibe. So all we're the all time. Just, we're waiting for fall. As yeah. In conclusion, I am. I am not a sweet summer child. No, I love fall. Mm-hmm. I do read more fiction than nonfiction. The last nonfiction I book I read was The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. And I did love that. I thought that was very well done. But usually, if I want to learn things, I go to documentaries. Okay. I feel like I retain information better when I see it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to read more nonfiction because I don't read enough of it. I also feel like, do you like do a lot of the check-in for the nonfiction books? For the ones I order? Oh, check-in. Or just like when you get them. I guess Janina goes through them all. I don't see hers. I go through the YA ones because those are the ones okay. I order. So mm-hmm. I try to find interesting ones. We just got one called The Sun Does Shine, I think. which is a memoir about somebody who was falsely imprisoned because mm-hmm. racism. Um, so that's on my list too. I definitely need to read more nonfiction, but if I had to pick, I'd pick fiction. I mean, fiction definitely is more fun. It's more fun. I don't read nonfiction for a good time, unless I'm reading (laughs) one of those celebrity books. And then it's only a good time. (laughs) I read fiction to be devastated sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's really the point. It's a safe way to be devastated. Yeah, because you know it's not real. (laughs) So it's all good. Like fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Oh, did I say (laughs) fiction? You know what? Now I don't remember. I don't remember. (laughs) I'll fix it in editing. We've lost the plot. Nah, just leave it. Oh, open ending or conclusive? Yeah. I wrote this because I've been deeply traumatized by The Giver. I read that in middle school. So that was the first book where I got to the ending. And I was like, all right, fine. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's an old book, but yeah. just know that it ends in a way that's not conclusive. And then in interviews, we're like, what does this ending mean? She's like, well, it's for you to decide. And I'm here like 13, like, no, just tell me what it means. Hot take. I did not like The Giver. Mm. I thought it was very boring. Yeah. I remember enjoying it, but I also never read it again. So I guess that tells you what I I really thought. I always mean to go back and read it again as an adult, but no thanks. It's definitely slow. I remember it being slow. And like, I don't know. I do like dystopian, like big brother type situations, but I don't know. That one just wasn't my favorite. Did you read that in school too? I did. Yeah. I almost want to say, I guess I, I guess I read The Giver in middle school, but I don't know. I always like, I always feel like I read The Giver in 1984 back to back, but oh, I definitely didn't. <laughs> but in my mind, I did. And one is clearly better than the other. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if it's boring intentionally the way at times The Handmaid's Tale is because it's like, well, her life is boring. She's not allowed to do anything. Or if it's just the subject matter, it's not very interesting. Mm -hmm. That first season of The Handmaid's Tale is so good. I haven't seen it. It's, I mean, of everything after that is not as good, but that first season is amazing. Does it follow the book? Yes, some stuff. But I think it just takes the book and like, 
plops it like in real life. Oh, like good. in present day, it's it was like very stressful. This is why I can't watch it. I remember the first time I I I didn't watch it right when it came out. I watched it a couple of years later, and it was like I like started to watch it, and it was like I was getting like sweats watching <laughs> it. I was like feels now it feels even more real. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I can interact with the book. I can't interact with the show. Yeah. If you want to be severely stressed out, you should watch the first season of The Handmaid's Tale. If you want to just be enraged. Oh, anyway, going back to open or conclusive, <laughs> I think, I mean, it depends. No. I'm so into- <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with conclusive. Okay. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I like conclusive endings. And a conclusive ending doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like nicely tied up in a bow. No. It, it doesn't just, have to be like spoon fed to you. No, it's just, there has to be some form of closure. Yeah. Unless like, I hate when authors just want to like leave you absolutely raw and devastated. Don't, you don't have any sense of closure with the book. I feel like if authors are trying to do anything other than give you a little bit of closure at the end, even if it's like sad closure, like they're just being jerks. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You're hurting us. I just don't like any. Well, Okay. Yes, technically it depends, but for the most part, I don't like endings that are like either what was maybe it feels like a setup for a sequel that we never get, or if it's so like nebulous and don't know what it means, mm. it's like okay, sure. Because like I'm thinking of ending things, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fine, but it's like you know, I it's a story. I feel like it should have a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I feel like life is too open ended. Exactly. When I read a story, I want some closure. Yes, I'm escaping into your book for a reason. Next, we have. First person POV versus third person POV. Oh, third person all the way. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I cannot stand first person. No. And it didn't bother me so much before, but lately picking up books with first person, I just can't read them. It's also very hard to write in first person. Yes. Unless you are like absolutely like one of the most talented authors, like it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Third person limited and or third person either way mm-hmm. I like them both but first person just feels too I don't know how to describe it yeah awkward and like sometimes with like dual mm-hmm. dual like first persons like depending on like the chapter to chapter like unless you can like write it like really differently between each person and each version feels authentic like it's just not good you have to be really skilled at making them distinct mm-hmm. which not a lot of people are unfortunately i can't remember if this was written in first or third person but there was a book i read that actually it was one of the earlier podcasts i did with julie was i read a book called oh it was winterwood by shay earnshaw and it was dual perspective. I almost want to say each one was first person, but I could be wrong. But it was like a woodsy, like witchy kind of book. Hmm. But one character was like the woodsy, witchy person. And then the other person was like a kid from like, he like escaped from like a troubled kids camp. Okay. <laughs> like a summer camp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like where they sent like kids who did like minor crimes. Oh, okay. Like and holes. like Kind of like holes, yeah. But better, I Less assume. deserty. Sure. <laughs> the issue I had was like both points of view were like, they were both witchy sounding. Oh. It was hard to like, she just didn't really nail the guy's point of view. It was still that like woodsy, mystical, mystical sounding vibe to it. And it was just, 
not very good. I think I actually, I think I actually read that one and not listened to it. So maybe that was the issue. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I just think, I think it's just easier to get those feelings across when you're not doing like first person. Yeah. Third person. Third person all the way. Hardcover or paperback. Now I wrote this and it feels like a cop out to say, I also don't have a very strong opinion on it, but typically I do like a hardcover. Yeah. I wouldn't say one or the other would like prevent me from buying the book, especially not since paperbacks are cheaper. So sometimes I'll just go with that. But I feel like, you know, hardcovers have a nice dust jacket. Sometimes the physical book has stuff, extra stuff printed on it. Mm -hmm. And hypothetically it would last longer, although... Now the binding on books has gotten worse, so it doesn't really so matter. Bad. It's, so bad. it's so bad. I have books that go out once and then fall apart. And I know it's not the person. I know it's the book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I look at a book and I was like, what were you doing? What happened? Just I lent out a book once when I was in high school and I got it back with this like spine cracked. <gasps> like the like the binding was like coming loose. Mm-hmm. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I guess this also goes back to what I was going to say, too, which is as a reader, I like paperbacks like I like to be able to like I'm like I like to like tinker with stuff. I'm like moving my hands as though (laughs) the people can see my hands. But like I just like to like play with stuff. So like it's kind of easy just to like bend the pages and like. Mm. This is my own books, not library. Of course. So like I like I like like being able to like move the book and like play with it a little bit. Um, but as a person who's in charge of taking care of books, hard covers all the way. I bought like a brand new copy of the love hypothesis, which does not have a hardback cover right now. And in the first circ, it came back and it was like completely ripped. I was so mad. (laughs) I can't even remember. I think it might've like made the person pay for a new one. I'm not even sure. I may have also just like checked it and ordered a new one. But like that first circuit, like came back and it was so damaged. And that was like, there was a hold list for that. I was so mad. And yeah. so like, I just, you know, treat your, treat your paperbacks nice, <laughs> please. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say both as a reader, yes, paperbacks are one cheaper and two lighter. So they're easy to carry mm-hmm. around. But as somebody who works in the library and also collects books at home, mm-hmm. first of all, they look better on a shelf. But they also, I'm less worried about them getting damaged. Yeah. Because people react like the covers can bend and mm-hmm. the spines crack, which is my nightmare. Mine don't because I read them carefully. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. But if I lend them out and they come back with the spines crack, I'm like, okay. You have to hold them at a two inch like mm-hmm. opening. Sometimes I like do the, if whenever I get like the new books in, sometimes I'll do like the careful first opening where I like open up a couple pages, couple more pages, lie it flat, couple, like do that just yes. especially if it's like a nice edition i do that with all the paperbacks i get in oh, okay risky <laughs> i would just i mean it doesn't always work unless it's a really thick book mm-hmm. but then also if it's really thick if it's a thinner book you have less of a chance at the spine cracking mm-hmm. but i don't want to take a chance you know what paperbacks i hate above anything else hmm. is like those mass bound ones that are like four inches tall oh like those yes. little books yes I th- I understand they're cheap and that like people grab them to take them to the beach but I just think I think they're hard to hold they're hard they're like make my hand hurt when I hold. <laughs> they're hard to manipulate they are hard to manipulate and it's just like I don't know and then they like last five minutes yeah like those are good when you 
own your own, not library books. <laughs> and you want to like bring like a book with you in the tub. Yeah. Like, or like to the beach. Yeah. You throw it in your bag and you don't think about it. Yeah. But like, not for the library. No. I like just replaced all of our, not to talk about, I have not even read Bridgerton. I have only watched the series, <laughs> which is wild that I have so many opinions about the covers. <laughs> Like I just replaced all of our Bridgerton books because the ones before were like the little mass bound ones. Yeah. And I just like bought it like, cause it, they were getting, those were getting beat because those go out all the time. And I just bought like brand new, nice paperbacks. Cause I, I was going to buy hard covers, but they didn't have them. At least none that I could find. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. The little mass bound ones are the ones that like always end up in garage sales <laughs> mm-hmm. and they look like they've just been dragged through the mud. Yeah. Cause you know, whatever, you know, yeah. toss them in a bag. They're like, five dollars yeah all right oh you wrote this question i wrote this and i don't know why (laughs) bookmark versus dog ear i know we both are probably gonna have the same answer (laughs) but you know some people still dog ear i guess guess. (laughs) and by bookmark i mean any scrap of paper i have near me yeah i mainly i'm saying this to advocate for using bookmarks please use a bookmark please don't dog ear them no please don't (laughs) We have them here at the library. Plenty of bookmarks. You even get a piece of paper with your book. That's what I use, yeah. (laughs) Just ask me. I'll give you literally anything. I have a lot of bookmarks at my desk, so come up and see me. I'll give you one. You know what I love making Hmm. in our staff picks? Also, always check out our staff picks. Oh, yes. I love whenever I do a staff pick, I usually, I have like little bookmarks and I'll write down why I like it. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like just because <laughs> yeah just because it's great mm-hmm. there's like especially there's two books that I always make sure that it has it with it mm-hmm. and that is we ride upon six by Quan Berry and um, because I absolutely love that book I and actually I've interviewed Quan on this podcast and she's great that book was so good and she was so so great I actually have to have her back soon but she wrote another book recently oh. yeah oh yeah definitely and then um we write upon sticks, which is also that was written. She's from Danvers, and um, the book takes place in 1989 in Danvers, and it's about a fictional 1989 uh, high school field hockey team. And it was, it's just, it's just such a great book. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Anyway, I always leave a, a staff picks bookmark with that, and then the other one I always do is the Red Tent oh, by Anita yeah, Diamante. Yeah, because yeah, that's always like that's always top of my list. Number one recommendation. Absolutely. Okay. That was an easy one. (laughs) All right. Um, And then last question. Do you prefer a broody, sarcastic love interest or a love interest that has golden retriever energy? Sunshiny. So it's April Ludgate versus Andy Dwyer. I don't know who the first. Oh, yes. (laughs) I was going to say I don't know who the first person is, but I do. Uh, Yeah, essentially. Why not both? (laughs) Because sometimes in YA, the former gets real annoying real fast. Really? My opinion now as a, an adult golden retriever energy. Okay. And that might be because I have reread the Heartstopper series again. And that's basically all that Nick is. Nick Nelson is just golden retriever sunshine. Mm-hmm. But after so many years of reading why I love interests that are the sarcastic jerks mm. that just think that they can get away with treating the people around them horribly. I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of it. I want someone nice. Yeah. I want to read about somebody nice. I agree. I do agree. I do agree. And I think, 
I think it's a fine line between broody and mean. Yes. Like, yes. like if you do broody and you do it right, it has to be charming. Yeah. They have to be charming. You can't do broody without them being charming. Yes. Like, and they have to be, if they are, if they do cross that line into just being mean, mm-hmm. if they apologize and take a step back, I'm like, all right, that was too far. Okay, great. Yeah. That's great. But uh, yeah, a lot of people follow that trend. I don't know who started it. The first one I remember reading. The Gothics. The Gothics. Like, no, not like the Goths, but like oh. the Gothic, like the the big wave of Gothic literature that came in. Are you talking about the broody people? Or are you yes. talking about? Yeah. You, what, you mean like Frankenstein? Yeah. They're all broody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say they're more like morose. <laughs> I mean, more like, uh, I don't know, like Jace from Shadowhunters or mm. uh, yeah, the g- guy from, it doesn't matter because I didn't like the book, so I'm not going to try. The Darkling from Lee Bardugo series. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it just so often they go from like bantery to just insulting. Yeah. I don't like it. Now, the perfect marriage between these two is somebody who's rude to everybody but the love interest. That can work in a, in a good way sometimes. Okay. I know you're so skeptical. I am giving you a skeptical look. I seem skeptical. But somebody who's like... Wait, everybody? Because if somebody's rude to waitstaff, it's no. it's done. Okay, rude's the wrong word. I mean, somebody who's like grumpy versus sunshine. Have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're grumpy to everyone except the love interest. And they, their love interest is like a sunshiny person. Okay. That, I think, can work out. It's like me. Sure. If <laughs> <laughs> you want to identify as that... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to see a character. And to be clear, I don't mean rude. They're not mean to people. They're just, they care about the Lumpress more than anyone else. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I kind of want to revisit the charming aspect of it. Because going back, because I can't seem to get off of the Grishaverse and Shadow and Bone. Like, I think that like in the book series, like the Darkling is very broody. Before, like, obviously, before we like know his intentions, like, he's like trying to be like romantic, broody, mm-hmm. and it's like dark and edgy. But I feel like Ben Barnes in the series makes it charming. Like he's broody, but he's like, he also looks like he's on the verge of tears all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme once that it was like the devil works hard, but Ben Barnes's tear ducts work harder, <laughs> and it's just like. You can be broody, but like, I don't know. I think I'm going to edit all this out. No, it's all great. (laughs) You can be broody. You just got to be charming. Charming. And at least you have to show, you have to show like little bits of light side. You have to be complex. Yeah. (laughs) I would say some people tend to go to extremes because I would, you know, in, if you want to play devil's advocate, too much positive, sunshine, naive, annoyingness Mm -hmm. is bad also. Yeah. But if they're clearly a person who just happens to have this as like a personality attribute, mm-hmm. then it works. But often in fiction, sometimes we'll like take it to the extremes. Yeah. Slytherins versus Hufflepuffs. Essentially. <laughs> the archetypes. All right. That is the end of the segment. And luckily for listeners who are done listening to us talk right now, just got a couple of library events coming up. Yes, we do. So for the teens, we're going to start with you this time. Um, Tuesday, July 26th at 3 p.m., we're going to have our next meeting of the Anime Club. Uh, If you've noticed, usually it's at 4.30, but for the summer, I'm making it at 3 p.m., so just take note of that. We are going to be watching episode two of another. I I don't remember if I mentioned that last. I think I did. Yeah. Last episode. 
So that's a horror anime. Come join us for that. And then on Thursday, July 28th at 4 p.m., we're going to have our next meeting of the Kinsey Nights. And that is our teen LGBTQIA club. So those are both for 7th to 12th grade. Just want to come and hang out and talk and do crafts for the Kinsey Nights. Awesome. Yes. And then for children's, we have continuing through July, we have toddler yoga with Miss Lindsay and Poppin' Crafts, which is going to be every Thursday at 2 p.m. It's a different craft every Thursday. Is it Pop-In Crafts or Poppin' Crafts? <laughs> pop, they're both. <laughs> Very cool stuff happening. We also have a continuation of Messy Mondays and Wiggly Wednesdays. If you want to come bring your kids in for like a story time with movement and activity. And then at the end of July, we're going to have a rubber duck hunt. Woo! Yay! That's going to be July 27th at 10 a.m. And then going into August, we are going to have, I've had to read that many times. (laughs) My dyslexic brain was not processing what Lisa was doing. Okay. So at the end of the summer on August 3rd at 10 AM, we are not going to have a bubble bath. It's a (laughs) bubble bash. So, uh, we're going to be blowing lots of bubbles. Yeah, it's going to be bubble with parties. With the kids. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I kept reading that. I was like, what is, the, what is the bubble bath? Why are we all having a bubble bath? What is the, what is the bubble bath? And then I realized it was bubble bash. <laughs> to be fair to you, it's a small font. It is. It is. Yeah, that is what we are doing right now. Getting towards the end of August. So everybody's on vacation right now. Mm-hmm. Having a good time. Having fun. Make but sure you stop in the library. But your librarians are here for you. We're here. And the summer reading program is in full swing. So Woo! come sign up. You can sign up all throughout summer. Yeah, lots of signups. Yeah. yeah. Lisa, we have you come into the library. We have the kids' names with the fish on it going down the stairs. It's very cute. Super cute. Super cute. And we have a lot of fun prizes coming in August. So don't wait. Come sign up. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. (laughs) Super cool program. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. How we end this? I don't know. We don't have a thing. We don't have a thing. We should think of a thing. We should think of a thing. How about thanks for listening. Keep reading. Is that cheesy? No, I love it. (laughs) You seem skeptical. Do it again. (laughs) Do you want to say thanks? How are we going to do this? Oh, I'm keeping literally all of this. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and keep reading. Bye.